everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a double date with Dateline. Double date. So this is ID Network. Yeah. So it's a double date. Yeah. This episode is from our new favorite series, Betrayed. Although I'm hesitant to say that because the last two times we've had a favorite show, they have just gone away because ID seems to be rotating their stock yeah. very rapidly. So I was looking for Elder Skelter. It's gone. It's gone. And I was looking for Mansions and Murder. It's gone. It's there. I saw Mansions and Murder. Yes, it's definitely there. Are you watching on Hulu? Are you watching on the actual ID Discovery Network app? On the website, the Investigation Discovery website. Oh, okay. Well, Mansions and Murder is still on the app, but Elder Skelter is gone, my friend. Do you think they got a complaint because of the dentures and a martini glass? No, I think... They realized that they were sitting on a gold mine with that show. They took it off and they're going to bring it back as a full length movie. Souped up. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Clever. Because they're a delicatessen. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant because older people tend to eat soup. To eat soup. Yes. At delicatessens. At delis specifically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I like Betrayed. I think Betrayed should be one of our shows for sure. I'm just scared it's going to go away now. Don't jinx it. 2020 has done enough. And now Elder Skelter. Yeah, it really has. I know. Let's just do it in a hurry. Let's do them in a hurry. We'll do it like back to back. Let's just pretend we're okay with Betrayed. I'm okay with Betrayed. Like, it's not my favorite. It's okay. It's all right. I see, I see. Let's do, maybe we just change this to a date with Betrayed. Betrayed, a date with, no, it doesn't. I was trying to be clever with it. Let me think about it. Okay. I don't quite know what you're doing there. Let's just do Betrayed five times in a row. Oh, and just knock them all out, all our favorites, before they take it away. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Okay. So this episode is called Hell's Bells, one of my faves. Why? Why is it called Hell's Bells? Not why is it one of your faves. That's very clear. Oh, I was going to say rude. No, no. Because it has to do with the church. Okay. Like the ding dong ding. That I was going to ask, have you ever seen that? With the big bells. I was more thinking of the bells on top of the church, the big bell. But I know what you're talking about. And they hold them like this to stop them. They hold them to their chest and then they have white gloves on. Yeah. I like that. I love those. Jews need more pomp and circumstance like that. What's that called? That's fun. Belling? Somebody that's listening to this has ever been a part of one of those bell choirs, let us know. They're not real bells. They have like a mechanical thing inside. What do you mean a mechanical thing inside? It's a fake bell? Yeah, it doesn't have a clapper. It's like a, it's a mechanical bell because it projects differently than a bell. Than a bling. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're weird. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to ruin Christmas for you or Hanukkah. Yeah, a little bit. I feel betrayed. <laughs> That's the name of the show. I didn't even mean it like that. Good job. So this is the show, in case you're new to this, but you shouldn't be because we've done the show a couple times. This is the show where the dead person speaks to us in first person from before they die and then after they die. We hear them throughout the episode. Yes. Very dramatic. It's a very dramatic dramatization. Victim narration. Yeah. So- Our narrator is a female who says, some might call me a late bloomer. Then we see her. She's very pretty brunette. She's being dropped off by a man in a nice car. She tries to get out of the car and he says, hey, not so fast, and grabs her and smushes his face aggressively into hers. 
in a way that he clearly thinks is sexy, but it is not. Some call that kissing? No, it was way too aggressive. Smushing. Smushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you. And next to them is an older man sitting in a car and he's giving them the stink eye like these youngins making out in the parking lot of the church. He's very upset. So then we see an evil looking rugged guy smoking outside, giving her looks that are hard to interpret. Unsure. Mm -hmm. He might be the killer. Mm -hmm. He's looking real good. We're 10 seconds in. He's my bet. So then the woman goes into the church. She's new. She's trying to make friends, but she's very late for choir practice. And so she's getting the stink eye from all the older ladies at the church who are all wearing wigs. We will get into the wigs. There's a wig situation going on. So this woman, our heroine, accidentally drops her purse and it falls to the floor. And the priest, who is a handsome silver fox. Pastor. He's a pastor. Pastor. Handsome silver fox. Mm Mm-hmm helps her pick up the things that have flown out of her purse, including her birth control. I knew that was coming. And the woman dies right there of embarrassment, and that's our episode. That's the crime. We're in 2020. Solved it. Okay, good job. Are people still embarrassed of birth control? And also, they're not Catholic, so why do we care? Even Christians are not for premaritable sex. I think that it is well established by now that you can be on birth control for a bazillion reasons besides... That's true. ...trying to avoid getting pregnant. But you were just dropped off by a man who was smushing your face. But they didn't see that. Also, it is your pastor. I am embarrassed by birth control and tampons and things that are very natural but I still wouldn't want my rabbi to see them coming out of my purse. You aren't Even though I know it's natural. Okay. I would still be embarrassed. I would be more embarrassed if I had like a giant bottle of Vicodin. That I would That's be like- That's embarrassing too. I hurt my back. I, I feel like I would launch into an explanation that would be like way too long because it's taboo. And I'd be like, ah. I mean, you're, there are other things that would be more embarrassing. A crack pipe. <laughs> A needle. A thong. Just a thong. A thong. I don't want underwear falling out of my purse. I feel like that it has more insinuations than like a sexy thong falling out of your purse has more insinuations than birth control pills. But I get the point that they're trying to make. I'm going to reiterate again, this would have been so much better if she'd been going to bell practice. Yeah, but they don't have the money on ID Network to hire a bell because you have to hire people that know what they're doing unless they're just miming it. No, I think that what happened, she was in bell practice and they had to, for money's sake, change it to choir at the last minute, but they didn't change the title. And they're like, oh, it still kind of works. Bells, church, nailed it. Could it be that obviously the person who killed her is going to H-E double hockey sticks and bells just happens to rhyme with hell? I feel like that's real general. Yeah, but it is a church. Hell. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out somehow. It'll click with us why it's called that. Or it won't, and it'll be about the bells. <laughs> so she says, my name is Rhonda Smith, and three months from now, I'll be sent to meet my maker because someone I know wants me dead. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. So then we cut to all the strange characters in her life in an angry-looking montage, one of whom will kill her. Any guesses at the beginning? No. Okay. So when Rhonda hit 40, she started over in a new house, new church, and is looking for love. She was a relatively young woman. And I said, thank you, random interviewee, 
for calling 40-ish relatively young. It is much appreciated by this gal. Everyone in this room appreciates it, too. You're 23 if you're a day. I still appreciate it. It means I have longer of youth. That's true. Yeah. So she's dating this creepy dude who is pressuring her to have dessert. And we all know what dessert means. Yes, we do. He's put in the pressure on. He's saying things like, I've driven all this way up here to see you. I can't keep this up just to be friends. Okay, ladies, not okay. No, bye. I know you've had a rough go of it, Rhonda, but no. No, you stand up from the table and you go, I'm sorry, I have to say adieu. Yeah, you are a cad, sir. I said good day. And for good measure, throw a glass of ice water right in his face. She's not that kind of girl. I feel like she's more of a toss of the napkin, the napkin. Mm -hmm. And then she'd be like, I'm sorry, I caused a scene. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I messed up these crumbs. A girl three tables over tosses a water in someone's face and is not apologizing. For this is the sense. last time, Johnny. The last time. <laughs> the last time before this was supposed to be the last time. But this really is the last time. I mean it. I'm calling my sister. And she walks out. That's Good job. It. You're welcome. I did say that she gave the number one turnoff line to, can I come over and have dessert? Which is, I can't. You have a long drive. And I have church in the morning. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. I have church in the morning. Is like the spring noise, the opposite of the spring noise. <laughs> Whatever that is, the undoing of the spring. The <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the noise. So yeah. just saying. If you want to get your man not hot and bothered. I have church in the morning. I feel like actually wrong. I feel like many guys would be super into that. They'd be like, ooh, Catholic schoolgirl or like something naughty. Definitely not into that. No, he wasn't. Yeah. For sure. No. So Rhonda loves her church and it has a new pastor who is popular with the single ladies. He used to be a golf pro. Did you find him hot? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah, he was handsome. That was perfect casting. I was like, okay, he could even have even been a golf pro. I was like, sure. I don't really know what golf pros look like, but sure. You're right. It was great casting. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what the actual pastor looked like in real life. I almost looked it up, but I would rather go with this one. Okay, yeah. So the ladies in the church are all talking about how handsome he is. And then this one woman with the crazy Shirley Temple wig, Mary Jane Fonder, she says... He looks thin. I need to cook for him. And then they go on to describe Mary Jane as the aunt you don't want to sit next to at Thanksgiving, which is wow. the worst. That is sick burn, my friends. That is the worst thing you can say about someone. And remind me that we need to return to that because it struck me very much when they said it. And then later I understand more. So there's another woman at the church. She's the secretary named Karen. And I am against the whole Karen stereotype. Why? But she's a Karen. Why are you against it's, it? It's mean to people who are Karens. and Yeah, it's not great. Not I, actual Karens, but their names are Karen and they are nice people. But it is really funny. But I am curious to see years from now when people study the phenomenon to see how much the name dropped off in popularity. They're going to be like, we had a real <laughs> drop in the name Karen around the 2019 <laughs> area till about 2024 and it's going to be no Karens were born. No Karens. We had a surge of 
Daenerys, but we had no more Karens. Very strange. I don't know what that's about. And Sansa's. Okay. (laughs) So Karen's the church secretary, and she likes doing things the way things used to be before this new pastor took over. And Pastor Hottie McHottie Godly wants to update the system. He doesn't specify what the system is, but it's their system. And he wants to update it. And she is not used to this new fangled system. She wants to take it from a ledger, which she says, I don't see why we can't just use the ledger, which is ye old book, leather bound book. <laughs> and he wants to move it to a computer. Yeah, which is case scandalique for her. That's too much. That's asking too much. I guarantee you this woman definitely has a landline and will not be getting a cell phone. Why would she need a cell phone? They are the devices of the devil. Yeah. Why do I want to walk around with an electronic box glued to my face? Yeah, she's that. So Rhonda shows up for a meeting with the pastor where he clutches her hands. And she says, I can help. I'm good with computers. And Karen says, you just worry about yourself, Rhonda. Like, um, way overreaction, Karen. I know you're frustrated by the whole system thing, but take it down a notch, okay? You're a sweet church folk. Yeah. It's not nice. So we learned that Rhonda was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and the pastor was guiding her in her counseling. And that's great. Yeah. I also think there's room for science and doctors and medication and therapy and things like that. There's room for both. So... She confesses to the pastor that she's scared to have SEX with this new guy because she's nervous about it. And the pastor says, well, you should wait then if you want. Turns out Rhonda was sexually assaulted in college, and that's why she's hesitant. So at this point, she's crying. It's all very sad. Yeah. Except then the pastor takes her face in his hands and is stroking her face and her hair Lots of stroking going on, Mm -hmm. almost maybe caressing and hugging. And I found it odd. My rabbi never did that with me. I found it a big fat red herring. But you admit that it was odd. I admit that they made it seem odd. I think the reenactment is pushing it to get the point across. I think that it was for dramatic effect. Right. But you admit that the way it was portrayed was abnormal. The actor took it a little bit over the top. I think he was being told to do that. You know, do it like you're almost going to kiss her and then you go in for a hug. It did. It looks like he was going to kiss her. Yeah, but they're doing that on purpose. So I was like, they're trying to make us think something that's eh, eh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we pull back and we see that someone is watching through the window. Of course. So someone is going to see that and think that he was about to kiss her. Mm-hmm. So then we are going back around to all of our suspects. First, Mary Jane. She's a little eccentric. A little? She has this curly Q, Shirley Temple wig. Yeah. She's 70s, 80s. She interrupts the pastor and Rhonda at one point to give him a casserole. Hot dish. Hot dish. And she rambles on and on and on about how he looks thin and he needs someone to take care of him. And she could take care of him. And then she's, for some reason, talking about tuna in packets. Lots about tuna. Lots about tuna. And she has something green stuck in her teeth the whole time. And he's very polite, but she's a wackadoo. He doesn't look thin. 
No, he doesn't. He looks very fit and trim. What is she doing? She's being weird. Yeah, but that's her way of being with him. She wants to be, like, needed by him. And that's her way of showing love is to cook for him. I don't like it. Plus, you know, certain older women always think anyone looks thin. Like, yeah, you look too thin. Here's some, here's a hot dish. Maybe I should go around more older women and see if I could get some free food. They would give you so much free food. Would they give me hot dish? Hot, so much casserole. I have a feeling they would try to give me biscuits and I'm not into biscuits. What do you mean by biscuits? You know, like biscuits. I don't like biscuit dough. I like crescent roll. It was a Thanksgiving topic the other day. I don't, I'm not, I don't enjoy a biscuit. Okay. Well, I'm sure you could tell them what you'd like. You like biscuits? Oh, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Like anything bread. So then there's Mary Jane's brother, Ed. Who's the eccentric number two. Yeah. He uh, teaches physics, I guess, and looks like someone that you would picture as teaching physics. He is the frailest person I've ever seen. Yeah. He needs to eat a sandwich. He needs hot dish. He needs 80 hot dishes. He has not, his posture is hunched over. He's elderly. What mine's going to be in 15 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's fine. He's very quiet and strange. And he says to Rhonda, as Rhonda's walking by his car, thanks, Rhonda, you pissed off my sister. And then he takes notes in his journal That he writes everything down in that happens to him every day. Like, I'm guessing he wrote, 4.55 p.m., Rhonda pissed off my sister. I actually know a guy who does that, but it's with videotapes. And it's weird. It's real weird. With videotapes? Like a camcorder with a videotape? He records himself talking about his day every day. All day long or at the end of the day? During meals, I think. Does he post them online? No, no. I saw them by accident. It's like, I went to the post office yesterday and the line wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. So that was good. And then I thought I needed some milk at the store. I was going to go to Ralph's, but I thought I would go to Vaughn's instead. That I'm not exaggerating. It's really weird. I'm so jealous of that. That sounds like so simple. I feel like if I was to actually videotape what I did throughout the day, it would be so existentially crisis-y weird that it would be like, today I really thought about X, Y, and Z. That's nothing that you should be thinking about. Like, it would be terrible. I wish that it was. The line was kind (laughs) of long at the 99 cent store. Not, I got accosted by a psychic who now that I'm thinking about psychics, I spent 45 minutes online looking at, no, I would, oh my, that sounds delightful, but that is weird that he's video. Also, does he want to watch them back? I don't, do you want to watch yourself on camera? I don't want to see myself on camera at all if I can help it. No, I mean, I guess it's like keeping a diary, but the most boring diary in the whole world. Why would you? Why would you do? That's not what a diary's for, people. It's maybe it's like a bullet journal. I guess people write down the minutia, like how many glasses of water they drink and how many times they go to the bathroom in their bullet journals. But that seems useful. Videotaping yourself means you would have to go back and watch it to get to the one part bullet journal. You could just go and find what you're looking for. Anyways, back to Brother Todd. He lives in a hoarder car. I literally wrote, he looks like a crazy mathematician in a hoarder's car filled with plastic bags and trash. And trash. So he and Mary Jane make quite a family. And they live together, I'm assuming. Yes, they do. And they're both unmarried. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Rhonda is also in a support group of some kind through the church. 
we don't quite know what the support group is for. So there she meets this ladies' man, the one who was smoking earlier outside and giving her questionable looks. <laughs> so he drives the van for the church. And he tries to hang out with Rhonda during the um, support group, but she blows him off. And then another guy comes up and talks to Rhonda, and the van driver looks furious, like he's going to throw water in someone's face or, like, flip the table that has, like, the punch on it, just like Teresa. Just, he's furious. Prostitution horses. Did he get (laughs) his name at all? Was his name Scott? Did I make that up? I didn't even write it down. I have a van driver. I missed it once and then I never got it. Okay, yeah, great. he's van guy. So now we see that we are a couple months to the murder. So Rhonda's having a date at her house with the guy she's dating. And he's coming on strong, like how he should stay over tonight. And she goes along with it this time. So they go to the couch to make out. And someone is watching from outside. We see the POV. Someone is spying on Rhonda. So she sleeps with him. So the pastor's advice, I guess, worked because she got over her issue and slept with him. And she wanted to sleep with him. This was not like a forced thing. It was she wanted to sleep with him. Yeah. She even told the pastor she wanted to. She just couldn't bring herself to do it. She was having issues around it. Yeah. Yes. So good for her, except he wakes up in the middle of the night. And for some reason, we get a shot of his feet really close up stepping down onto the floor off the bed. I don't know why. He says he's leaving because he has to go to work early. Mm-hmm. But he lives far. He lives in Philadelphia. We don't know where we are, but it's far to Philadelphia. It's in Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. Then we see him put a wedding ring on. Dun-dun. Sir, don't trust. Rhonda, go with your gut. Don't sleep with men. She wanted to sleep with him. She wanted to sleep with him. She just couldn't. She had other issues around it. I think deep down, she knew something was off with him. I knew the minute I saw him that he was married. (laughs) She didn't. He has that look. Yeah, she hasn't been in the dating pool long enough. No. So then Rhonda's driving in the van driver's van, and he's flirting with her hardcore. But she's kind of not comfortable And then he almost hits a guy who's like jaywalking and he gets out of the car and starts screaming at the guy. And he says, you're going to be dog food. It's real over the top. Rhonda is creeped out and scared as you would be. Also, she's in the van because they carpool to the meetings. She's not just getting in his van willy nilly, we should say. No, he like takes people to meetings and from meetings and stuff. Yes. But seriously, if he's not the murderer, he is a murderer in another story, in a different episode, if he's not the one in this. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. So now we're three weeks until Rhonda's murder. She overhears Pastor firing Karen. Karen, by the way, has glasses with the beaded chain going down because she won't learn the new computer system. I have something to say about Karen. Karen is not correctly cast. The actress that's playing Karen is actually pretty attractive and how do I say this had the right kind of work she's well kept up she looks fresh like she's got a fresh face yes so fresh and so clean clean yes and so I think they did those beady strings on the glasses to try to make her look more like I don't like technology but nobody that's makeup is that good is not into technology and doesn't watch YouTube like that's just not and is shopping online at Sephora Mm mm-hmm 
I think that the real Karen probably looks vastly different than this woman, is what I'm saying. She got a glow up. Good for her. How excited would you be if you saw this woman playing you? Church secretaries can be sexy too. Yeah. And you saw her playing you, you'd be so excited. Oh, I'd be strutting down the street. Yeah, I'd be, Mm-mm, I'm going to get me some little beaties for my glasses. Where do I buy those? Oh, I have to go online? No, it's the devil's playground. I don't do computer systems. <laughs> so Rhonda overhears Karen being fired because of the new computer system, and Karen storms out. So the pastor gives Rhonda Karen's job. So now Karen has a full-on motive, that sweet, sweet, church secretary money. So now it's 10 days to the murder. Rhonda gets up to speak in front of the church. She says that the pastor knew she didn't have a lot of money and he got people in the church to help her out. So Rhonda's thanking everyone for their help and their love and support. And she's getting a death stare from Mary Jane, the 80 year old in the Shirley Temple wig. It's now a good time to talk about the wig, the spring in the volume that it had. What do you think she does to it? You think she washes it with prose? It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. And let me say this. Prose would make that wig look like it was fresh out of the box. Because prose is amazing. By now, you've probably heard us talk about prose, which is the world's most personalized hair care. Literally has your name on it. Pretty great. Mary Jane Fonder. There we go. So I have, as we all know, extremely damaged and overprocessed bleached out hair, which has always caused some problems with hair cleaning products because they can dry my hair out more if I'm not careful or they can make it too slick if I overcondition it. And the beauty of Pros is it is a personalized hair care system that is formulated for exactly what your hair needs. So if you have natural, never been dyed hair, Pros has the right system for you. If you have sort of in between and live in a hot and humid climate, Pros has got that too. Now you can give the gift of happy hair with Pros for the holidays. Ooh, that's a good gift. Yes, I know. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. And Pros has given over 1 million consultations. Whoa, with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. So when you go online and take your quiz, they ask you a bunch of questions, the environment that you live in, everything that would affect the way that your hair operates in daily life. You know, do you bleach your hair to the point of no return? The products themselves smell amazing. Mine are formulated with almond, and so they all smell like delicious almond. So if you decide this would be a great gift for someone in your life, to send a personalized pros gift set, just enter your recipient's email email address, and then pros will send a digital gift card and a link to the in-depth hair quiz so they can start a system for themselves. Oh, that's great. So you don't have to answer the questions for them. You can just give them the gift. They can answer. It's a gift card that gets them on the path. Next, pros bottles their unique formulas and ships the gift set right to their door. Plus, pros has a review and refine feature, which lets you tweak the formulas for any reason, like a change of address, which I have recently had change of hair color, which probably any day because I get bored easy. (laughs) The most memorable gift is a personalized one. And with pros, you can give someone truly customized hair care. And if that someone is you, 
treat yourself this holiday season. Yeah. If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. I'm guessing you or your gift recipient won't need to. They have had over 100,000 five-star reviews. So take gifting to the next level with Pros Custom Hair Care. Get 15% off woo, your order by going to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for 15% off. Pros.com slash date dateline. Strike a pros. Strike a pros. 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 Thanks, pros. Check them out, everybody. Good gift. Boy, that's a good Great gift. Great gift. So also in the church, while Mary Jane is giving a death stare to Rhonda, and Rhonda's giving this nice speech, is Mary Jane's brother, who is taking notes, because that's Rhonda is thanking people for giving her money. My sister is staring daggers at her. And then Mary Jane says to no one in particular, but whispers loudly that no one ever offered me money and I do so much for the pastor. And then she looks at Rhonda and she says, demon. She says, demon. It's a little much, right? She's extra AF. So at this point, I can't figure Mary Jane out. I'm thinking she's either a Shirley Temple red herring or... She maybe is the murderer. I'm confused by Mary Jane. She's something is she needs a life. She is problem. She yeah, she really does. That whole family needs an intervention, some sort. They should go on. Someone like needs a wellness check. Celebrity boot camp where they talk about Dr. Drew comes in, helps them and goes, Mary Jane, the pastor does not even like your casseroles. I hate to break it to you. Mm-hmm. He's not too thin. And if Rhonda's not a demon. So Rhonda is getting busy with the uh, guy on her couch again. They love the couch. And she sees his wedding ring fall out of his jacket pocket. And she's like, George, you're married. No. She's very upset, as you would be. And she kicks him out. Good for her. I'd love to know how that happened in real life because I don't think it happened like that. But I I do kind of want to know how they broke up. I was invested. It always falls perfectly. It doesn't roll under the couch or anything. It it lands perfectly on the coffee table in a swirly like the like the the little thing in Inception. Yes, like a top. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So she kicks him out, and he says, "Word of warning: Keep your mouth shut. We clear." <gasps> Did he you do it? You the cheater. Man. Are you threatening her? A little. He's not a great guy. Michael Bluth is threatening me. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's a terrible guy. Yeah. She's surrounded by terrible people, mm-hmm. basically. Trust no one, Rhonda. So meanwhile, the van driver asks her out and she says, look, I like you. Don't say that. You don't like him. But she's trying to be nice. I like you, but I don't think we should date. We're in support group together. And he said, and I just got out of a messy breakup. And he says, you've been sending me signals. Are you leading me on? Okay. He's an incel. Yes. And women are not sending you signals, men. They are just trying to not get killed by you. They're just being polite. Polite is not a signal. No. 
They know that if they're rude to you, that'll be way worse for them. It's like there's no win. They're trying to be nice. Because if you're rude, then you're a B word. And then if you're too nice, you're giving signals. It's great being a gal. Sure is. Welcome to hell. (laughs) It's an SNL song. It's so funny. He's like yelling at her and then he grabs her arm. Oh, great. And he says, don't walk away from me. It's like, so maybe the support group is not working for him whatever his issues are, and he needs to seek, maybe go on the medication route, therapy, maybe check himself into a prison because he's clearly a dirtbag and is about to commit a crime. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on a second. We don't know what this support group is for, though. No, we still don't. Is it for bipolar? I thought it was survivors of abuse. It's very unclear. Maybe just people who need more help than the church can give. Okay. But then what does he say? What's his closing line? It's my favorite. Oh, what did he say? He goes, good night, Rhonda. (laughs) Like in the shadow, half in shadow. And I was like, oh, that's foreboding. So we've had like five foreboding things. We have demon. We have don't you tell anyone. And we have good night. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe they all killed her together. They all like took turns. They all were in on it together because they're all terrible people. I'm at this point thinking the pastor did it because I'm like, I think every one of those people did it. So was it the pastor or was it? Right. It must be the pastor. The one lady, not Karen, but the other woman that we've met from the church. Who's that? No, but she's clearly not in prison. We're getting an interview with her. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, right. The one nice lady. Yeah. I don't know. So then we have one of our interviewees says he was angry with her because she gave him Short shrift. Never heard that expression. Looked it up. Did you have subtitles on? It was shrift? Yeah. Yeah. It means rapid and unsympathetic dismissal or curt treatment. Short, short shrift. I got short Short shrift. I got short shrifted. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got the short shrift of the stick. Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) rough hewn. Exactly. Except not at all. Okay. Yeah. So now it's the day of the murder. And Rhonda is where we've jumped very fast. Oh, yeah. Day of the murder. Now she's working at the church office and she gets a hang up call. Very mysterious. Oh, boy. Now we get our final montage of the suspects. All of the horrible people that make up this church. P.S. Don't go to this church, everybody, because everyone there is pits. (laughs) (laughs) The pits. And it's the song is good. The last time we had that sort of slow Dance Moms kind of song. Which, P.S., somebody else liked it and looked for it online so they could download it. So, and I did too, couldn't find it. But somebody else really liked it. Did they go slow through the credits? Because I'm sure they gave them credit. We found the song. It's just not on Amazon Music or a place where you can like download it. Oh, weird. This song was a lot more like, woke up this morning, got myself a gun. It was a little bit more Sopranos-y, a little bit. Uh Mm. So first we see the brother with the painful posture and he's washing his hands. That's all. That's literally what he's doing in this montage of threatening people. Is he washing blood, gunpowder? I don't know. It was supposed to be threatening. Mm -hmm. Then there's Karen who picks up a set of keys that say church. So she's going to break in to kill Rhonda or she's going to break in and draw inappropriate things all over the Bibles. A peen? Like, I don't know, like peens all over the Bibles. Then there's the married guy who's just driving and closing his flip phone angrily. That's his part of the montage. Angry. 
So then there's Mary Jane, who's leaving her house. Again, not threatening. Then there's the van guy, who's loading up a rolled-up carpet into his van and looking around suspiciously. Oh, my God. Okay, so he's the murderer. So there's a body. Then there's the hottie McPaster, who's driving and looking nervously in his rearview mirror. And I felt like this was a bit of a cheat and they shouldn't have had two driving ones. It felt redundant. We had the married guy and the pastor both driving and I would have liked something else. Maybe have him golfing. He was a golf pro. Maybe they didn't have time for multiple setups and they already had something set up on a car or whatever. And then also maybe they had another one planned out, but they ran out of time. Yeah, that's probably it. So then we see the outside of the church and we hear two gunshots. So Rhonda's gone, we assume. We see a woman let herself into the church with her keys, but the door is open already. It's unlocked. And this is the same woman that we meet in an interview. And she's the sexton of the church? Question mark. I think that's like a person that does things for the church. They're in service of the church, maybe. Okay, I love that. Let's go with that. Yeah, I thought you would know. So she's there to clean. So she's calling out for whoever's there and says she's going to give them a piece of their mind, whoever left that door unlocked. So then she goes into the office. Stop. The church doors should be open to all. Why do? You, why are you <laughs> mad that they're locked? Keep out the riffraff. No riffraff comes in. Maybe it's the back part, like the offices, and that part's supposed to be locked. A sexton is an officer of a church congregation or synagogue charged with the maintenance of its buildings and the surrounding graveyard. Oh, okay. It's a fancy word for church janitor, church maintenance man or woman. Good for them. That's it. Okay. So she finds Rhonda's body on the floor in the office. She runs outside and she calls 911. Mm. And then we hear Rhonda's voice saying, I've been shot twice, but I'm still clinging to life. Oh, So it's terrible. It's very eerie, this thing that they do. Yeah. Keep trying to think of the way to say this technique that they do. Can't think of the right way to say it. Omnipotent? Omnipresent? No, no. Just the word for this technique. The word technique is the one I'm trying to replace. This storytelling method. There we go. Sure. Okay. Use your thesaurus on your phone, girl. (laughs) That's what thesaurus.com is for. (laughs) I prefer to use this thesaurus that's Uh, behind my eyeballs. She's pointing at her forehead. Yeah. And I'm giving an eye roll. (laughs) Just kidding. So Rhonda was shot in the head twice. She's still clinging to life, which is amazing. So everyone is praying around Rhonda, but not the suspects. They are the nice people because I guess there are non-crazy, non-disturbing people that are at this church. Must be. Okay. We've only met that one lady that is our interviewee. So apparently she has nice friends. What did you think about the 911 call? That they interposed it with the real call. It's creepy. I liked it. It's kind of eerie. She says, there's a girl murdered in our office full of blood. I don't know if I've ever heard the word murder used on a 911 call before in Dateline or in ID. She uses the act. She doesn't say there's a person that's dead 
she says, there's been a murder. There is a murdered person in the, and I was like, whoa, murdered, murdered. Yeah, it's usually like, maybe it could be a suicide. They don't know. They don't want to speculate. That's super effective too, because if I was an operator, I mean, don't you feel like you'd like immediately work faster? It's like, oh, murder. Like, it's like a buzzword, you know? I don't know. Absolutely. Very dramatic. And the fact that we do meet the real church sexton and here it is, and she seems so sweet. She does. And it's terrible that she had to witness that. So everyone's praying around Rhonda. And then we hear Rhonda's voice saying, they took me off life support and I went to meet my maker. I was set free. Oh, Rhonda. R.I.P. Rhonda. R.I.P. Rhonda, you were just surrounded by bad people. You didn't stand a chance, and it was not fair. And in the safety of church, that's yeah, thanks. So the only people that knew she was working there at the church at that time was the pastor and the president. So the police interviewed the hottie pastor. He was at an orientation for new pastors with the president of the congregation. What is a president of a congregation? And I've never heard of that before. Kid, do you run for it? Yeah, and we have them at Temple. What do they do? What are their, it's like ASB president? No, I mean, they're in charge of, like, there's a treasurer and there's a secretary. Yeah, and there's, you know, they have to oversee the hiring of people. And they're probably technically the boss of the rabbi. Is it a highly political election? Like, do people leave the congregation if a president is elected that they don't like of their congregation? People that are religious, it doesn't stop them from being petty. So no, correct. Yeah. And my Jews are no exception. Correct. I mean, I don't know about the Jews. I've never been to a synagogue, but yeah. Oh, you should come with me. So the pastor and the president have alibis. The pastor is very defensive about his relationship with Rhonda. And he says that if they were romantic and he says, not on my end, no. He knows he's a hottie. He knows he's a hottie. But there was no indication that Rhonda liked him that way. But he's kind of letting himself off the hook a little and being like, maybe he, she liked me, but I did not like her that way. Why didn't she like him that way? Because she has a bad picker. She did have a bad picker because he would have been a great person for her to date. Absolutely. I mean, every, all the women at the church already hate Rhonda for no reason. So dating him would have been no biggie. And he's a great guy, has a steady job, and is only married to God. So it's perfect. I know it's only priests are married to God, but you know what I mean. She needs to go to a support group for bad taste in men. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what the support group was. And the van guy, I don't really understand. Anyways. He maybe just got paid to drive people around. We don't know his story. No, he was in the support group. Yeah, he was because she said that. Okay, I don't know. She says we're in the group together. Okay, so the pastor says to the police, something is weighing on me. There's someone in our congregation who brings me food and leaves me long messages on my machine. And she might suspect I'm romantic with Rhonda. So he plays the police the phone message, one of many phone messages. And it's Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, oh, pastor, I know how lonely you must be. Last night, I dreamed of you. You were all alone in the wilderness. And it's weird. And um, so Mary Jane and her tuna casseroles. And she's lonely. I feel like it's not a stretch to say her and her brother have 40 cats. Maybe they could use 
some help with those 40 cats. If they have 40 cats, then the thing they need more than anything in this world is Kitty Poo Club. More than tuna casserole? Yes. Kitty Poo Club has changed the cat game in my household. No way. I am dead serious. People might know I have just made a large move across the country. And the first subscription that we ordered for our new house was Kitty Poo Club. I love it. I'm talking about before I changed my address at the bank, I made sure that Kitty Poo Club knew where to deliver the new boxes. Kitty Poo Club is an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. Now, I have four cats, so I have four litter boxes delivered every month, which is fantastic because as you gather more cats in your life, which does sometimes happen, (laughs) they multiply out of nowhere, you know that two boxes just doesn't cut it for four cats, especially when one is too large to fly on a plane. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and have a fun design for every season. I'm really excited to see what December's designs are. I bet they're going to be super cute. When the month is up, you just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club automatically delivers a new one to you. No changing the used litter and no cleaning out the crusty bits in the box. I won't get into any more detail than that. Oh, that was enough. (laughs) And Kitty Poo Club, best of all, has a no-risk guarantee and you can easily customize or cancel your order at any time. Another service they offer is if you go on their site, you can see that you can also, let's say you're running low on food one month, you can add food to your order or treats or litter box accessories. There's also ways to slightly change the box. So if you need a high side box, you can order like a higher side all around it to keep, you know, litter from falling out. But the kind of litter that Kitty Poo Club uses, it's not that kind that gets little bits all over the floor. It's a really high quality litter. It's excellent. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering all of our listeners 20% off your first order when you set up auto ship, which you got to set up auto ship. I don't want to do it every month. You got to just click it once and forget about it. No, that life is over for you. This is your new life. This was your kitty litter life before Kitty Poo Club. Yeah. And this is your life after Kitty Poo Club. And East Coast Katie needs things simple and organized. And Kitty Poo Club definitely helps me with that. So go to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code DATELINE when you check out for 20% off your first order. That's kittypooclub.com. Enter promo code DATELINE to get 20% off when you set up auto ship. DATELINE at checkout. Don't forget, check it out, guys. Because your cat's business is their business. Check them out, guys. You won't regret it. They're a great service. Thank you. Meow. Thank you, Kitty Poo Club. (laughs) Was that a cat? That's what Danny's currently, the sound that he's making downstairs. He knows you're talking about Kitty Poo Club. He's excited. Probably. Sounds like he's singing to to no one. It's good. It's good times. (laughs) So the police ask about Karen because Miss Karen has a clear motive. She lost out on her job as church secretary. So please go to Karen and she says that wicked man fired me. What is with all of these church ladies being so extra? They don't have anything else. It happens sometimes where it's like your life revolves around this one thing and then you just don't like change. And so there's already this new hot young pastor 
People can be cruel. She's saying the pastor is wicked. Yes. Because he wanted to install a computer program. Yes. It's like everything is blown out of proportion. I can't describe. People were cruel. When we left a church, people yelled, wrote my mom letters. You're not a good Christian because you're leaving this church to go to another church. What? It's brutal out there. Yeah. So Karen is very upset. She says, no, I didn't see Rhonda and Pastor kiss or anything, but there might have been something going on. So she's suspicious. So she's leading the police to believe that there's an affair going on. I think that there's one single woman who's around the right age to date this one single pastor. And I think everyone else is married besides Mary Jane and her brother, who may or may not be married to each other. I think that everyone just kind of assumes that they're like getting together for their personal meetings. What's funny is she's still a good 15, 20 years younger than him. Are you sure? I think he's like 60. Maybe. Okay, yeah. But he looks great. Okay, could be. But don't you feel like we need to hang out with a lot more women in their 80s? Because to them, we are hot, young babies, basically. Yes, I'm fine with that. Like women who would call us sweetheart because we're so young. So Karen says, I did not get along with Rhonda We approach the world differently. I don't like that. We saw the world differently, meaning I don't want a cell phone and this young whippersnapper is trying to give me brain cancer. I really don't like this. Yeah. It's not like Rhonda worships the devil. That's what you mean by see the world differently. Oh, no. I think it's more like she is being intimate with men outside of marriage. You saw her birth control pills, right? I think that she's judgy. McJudgerson. Mm Mm-hmm. So Karen has an alibi, though. She was at lunch with a friend and she has receipts. So next, the police go to talk to Mary Jane after choir practice. And she is delighted to talk to them. I've been expecting you. She just is so lonely. She just wants attention. So she is so excited to have people to listen to her stories. So she's telling the police, well, when Rhonda was murdered, I was getting my hair done. My appointment was at 1130. That was about the time that poor dear was murdered, wasn't it? Oh, and Rhonda was the best person. She was just great. Everyone thought so, especially the pastor. Is she trying to frame the pastor? No, she's letting it slip that she thinks they were boom, chicka, boom, boom. Oh, this is small town gossip, but it's worse. Everyone was talking about it. He was eating her casseroles. No innuendo meant. And she was mad that the pastor was not taking her phone calls and didn't want to hear about her dreams where he was in the wilderness. But maybe Rhonda wanted to hear about his dreams. So then they go to the van guy. And it is the most dramatic gangster movie parody ever. They're in a dark alley or the gates outside the church. It's hard to tell. And van guy is leaning up against a brick wall and smoking like he's Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Club, and he's a hoodlum. And as the cops say, you know, Rhonda from the church is dead, he takes a huge drag of his cigarette and says, that's too bad. No smoke comes out of his mouth. (laughs) So it wasn't a real cigarette. And I was like, guys, if you're going to have that be a beat in this, something has to come out of his mouth. Because what do you do? He swallowed the smoke? Oh, man. (laughs) 
So now we have issues with the stylus and the prop people. I have a problem with this kind of a cigarette that you can buy at Hollywood Toys and Costumes. I know what they used. They light up a little bit. So when you breathe into it, it makes the end light up. Like it has like a little, you know, trigger in there or whatever. But there's no, you got to have powdered sugar or something coming out of the end that looks like smoke. It doesn't. I used ones in a play once that had fake stuff come out that looked like smoke. Why didn't they use something like, they just didn't have it. It was just, I don't know. They were running late. Yeah. Maybe it was a character choice and he sprung it on the director (laughs) too late. Right. And the director's like, that would have been great, John, but we don't have a cigarette that works. I'm going to go down. Yeah. But also, did you notice that he did, when he was lighting the cigarette, he covered it fully with his hand so you couldn't see the lighter or the cigarette. It was like this. And then I was like, oh, he didn't light that cigarette. There's no thing there. But the way he says, that's too bad, it's like he would have said, like, that's too bad, copper. Yes. You're telling me, copper. It is. Which he would have said, copper. The van guy has no alibi because he's on a new medication for depression. So maybe this support group is for people with mental health issues. He says it makes his brain all foggy so he doesn't know where he was. Now... I'm not a psychiatrist, (laughs) but he needs to adjust his medication a little because brain fog is one thing for sure, but it shouldn't make you not know where you were yesterday. Yeah. That's a problem. Yes. Also, you drive a van. Yeah. So you shouldn't be driving. Yeah. There we go. So they go to the married guy and he actually had a fairly convincing reaction to me. He says, I heard about Rhonda. It's terrible. And I kind of believed that he thought it was terrible. But maybe I'm foolish. Okay. A fool for love. Maybe he just was a decent actor. This wasn't the real guy. This wasn't really what happened. No, I know. (laughs) What if I was like, what? Huh? (laughs) So then Rhonda's voiceover says, I know George is a liar and a cheat. But maybe he's also a cold-blooded killer. Oh, boy. At this point, I was thinking, doesn't Rhonda know who killed her? Is she just playing with the audience Rhonda is having some fun. Yes. Or was she shot from behind? Because I believe she would know who her killer is. And she's acting like, maybe it's this person. Maybe it's this person. No, because the bullet grazed her forehead. So she was shot in the face. She was shot. So she knows who shot her. So they freeze on George. And it's that effect where he's still in color, but the background turns to black and white. And the music goes all horror movie music. And it's very effective. So maybe George. So then we see George is sitting in the back of a car, back seat, in between two detectives. So picture Three large grown men in bulky winter coats, all crammed in the backseat of a sedan and trying to talk to each other where their shoulders are jammed up. Like, I can't, you can't see me, but you can picture what I'm trying to say. It's humorous. But George has an alibi. So Rhonda is just playing with us after all. So Mm -hmm. the police go to Ed the brother, Mary Jane's brother, Stephen Hawking, and ask him about Mary Jane's alibi. So what does he do? He goes to his diary, which is actually super helpful. So good for you. 
Well, we knew that was coming. I, I was sort of waiting here because I was like, we're gonna, the writing stuff down is going to come into play. It's going to pay off somehow. So he goes to his diary and he, it says, oh, he can't confirm what time she left the house for her mm-hmm. hairdresser's appointment. So she could have had time to go murder Rhonda and still made it to her hair salon. And this house is filled with boxes and boxes and journals and journals and 40 cats. So the police say, is there anything else you think might help us? And the brother says, well, there's daddy. Well, there's daddy. Well, there's daddy. Does he talk a little like Robert Durst? Bye, bye. Uh, In my head, he does. Well, there's daddy. No, (laughs) no daddy. So bear in mind, they're like 80 something. And he calls his and Mary Jane's dad. Yes, that's what I said. Daddy. What did I say about it? We can't, no daddy, no mommy, unless you're four years old. I did hear from a listener who does that. And I said, huh, okay. Kimberly. (laughs) I said, I'm sure it's not creepy when you do it. I'm sure it's very sweet. But when it's on a Dateline or an ID Network show, it's morning or a 90 Day Fiance. Any show. Any show. You know what? When Blanche does it on Golden Girls, it doesn't bother me as much because that Southern Belle kind of thing. Okay, is this person from the South that wrote you? Maybe. So maybe that may be. So there's her pass. She gets a pass. Okay. What did you think that Daddy was doing at this point? Because I thought Daddy was going to be like Norman Bates' mom. Like (laughs) Daddy was in the the home. 100%. He is covered in paper mache. Yeah. To preserve him, kind of. But it's not working. Yeah. And there's a million of those air freshener trees hanging from the ceiling to try to cover the smell. I was ready for it to get weird. I was like, okay, here we go. So he says, well, daddy was just gone. He disappeared. Mary Jane said he just wandered off. So the police dig a little. It turns out MJ was a suspect years ago in the disappearance of her father, daddy, who I'm guessing was probably 105. I don't know how old he was. So (laughs) at least... (laughs) Mary Jane was collecting his pension and never told the government that he was missing. Mary Jane. Wow. So then they go to the hairdresser who does did her hair that morning of the murder and said, well, yeah, it was strange. She had me do her hair instead of her wig. And the detective says, she wears a wig? I didn't notice. That detective needs to get fired. Because not observant is not... Not observant. You will never solve a crime that way, sir, if you did not know that that was a wig. He needs to be demoted. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He needs to go back to training immediately. I don't trust him with a service weapon. Not at all. No, he's going to shoot like a mannequin that he thinks is a person because he cannot see clearly. So he's not going to solve this crime. The hairdresser says, well, she left the wig here that day. So she gives them the wig because Mary Jane left it there and had her do her own hair. Mm -hmm. So they send the wig out to be tested for gunpowder residue. Oh, and we get to see the real wig. Yes. Impressive. Not a nice wig. No. No. She didn't treat it with pros, clearly. No. So there is gunpowder residue on the wig. Oh. Oh, my gosh. We have our killer. So... They confront Mary Jane, and we get to hear the actual interrogation audio, which is very exciting. 
She says, I don't believe there was gunpowder in the wig. It's not possible. I didn't have a gun. I didn't kill Rhonda. We were in choir together. She didn't have the greatest voice. Couldn't sing the high notes. That's a low blow, okay? First you kill her, and then you diss her singing voice. Caddy. So police say, do you own a gun? I think you do. We have a record of it. Oh, boy. And she says, oh, I used to have a gun, but I threw it in the lake years ago. Guns are so loud. They give me a headache, and aspirin doesn't work for me. And I tried that other stuff, but it gave me a stomachache. What other stuff? I don't know. The hard stuff? What is she? I don't understand. And then also, so you didn't like the gun because of the noise, even though it's silent unless you're pulling the trigger. Right. <laughs> so instead of selling it or giving it to someone, you, you threw, threw it, it in, the, in lake. the lake. That checks out. That makes sense. Sure. Okay. The detective who didn't know that she was wearing a wig was like, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. That makes sense. You're free to go. So it turns out the gunpowder wasn't sufficient to make an arrest. Boo. Cut to a month later, and a father and son are out fishing, and we see the reenactment, and the poor little son finds a gun. Oh, boy. So dramatic. Don't like it. Every parent's dream. Yeah. Johnny found a gun. (laughs) They turn it into the police. It turns out to be the murder weapon, and the serial number proves that it belongs to Mary Jane Fonder. So they arrest her, and we see the actual footage, and she has her huge curly wig on, and she's holding up paper in front of her face like she is a Kardashian trying to shield herself from paparazzi. It's hysterical. The wig is barely placed on her head. Let's just say this. Now that I've seen the actual footage of the real Mary Jane with the wig on her head, that's like Uh the real hairs are coming out (laughs) underneath. Now I'm really worried about that detective. Like I was worried before and now I'm like, okay. No, like I'm worried he had a traumatic brain injury during in the line of duty at one point and never disclosed it because something is wrong. What is he blind in one or both of his eyes? Right. He's a blind detective. He like wears sunglasses everywhere and it's like, I feel the murder in this room. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Because there's no way you don't know that that's a wig. Even I know. And I've said before, I don't have a good wig dar. So we hear Rhonda talking from beyond the grave. And she says, the reason Mary Jane wanted me dead, she was jealous of my relationship with the pastor. Oh, And then we pull back from that scene where the pastor was full on groping Rhonda's face and Mary Jane is the one watching from outside the window. She totally thought they were having an affair. So it's kind of the pastor's fault for being so handsy. No, it was anything. She would have looked for anything. Remember, we don't know at this moment if that is her imagining what that he's doing that, but he's doing nothing like that in real life. I'm telling you, that's overblown. Yeah. You're right. It could have just been he refused one of the casseroles and she assumed it was Rhonda's fault. So she thought they were having an affair. She's the one who called Rhonda at the office and hung up on her. And they play this music as we see her making the crank phone call. And she looks like Kathy Bates in misery. (laughs) Super creepy. We need to just really quick say that we are in a reenactment within a reenactment because we're in like a flashback inception. Is it a reenactment inside a reenactment? Yes, ma'am. 
Because it's all a reenactment because we are getting actual interviews with the real people. It's not just a flashback reenactment. It's a reenactment within a reenactment. Okay, I'm going with you on this one. Okay, thank you. I accept that. So she looks like Kathy Bates in misery when she makes the phone call. Yes. And then she hangs up and she says, evil girl. Hell. Eh, creepy. She gets up and she goes to her gun, which is stored in a drawer in between her old-fashioned potholders. Okay, props may have messed up on the cigarette, but they nailed those things. They nailed the oven mitts and, like, trivets and the potholders in that drawer because they're exactly what you would expect that she had all these random holiday ones in deteriorating condition. It was perfect. And that's where she would keep her gun. And not, I don't mean that the gun was tucked in a potholder, which is actually not a terrible idea. It's just underneath them. It's literally just, like, in between the potholders. Yeah. So she goes to the church and Rhonda lets her in and they go to the office. And again, so Rhonda clearly knew who shot her and was playing games with us. Not cool ghost voice of Rhonda, but you were murdered, so I will forgive you. The one interview woman calls her, oh no, it was a guy. He says, Mary Jane was crazy like a fox. I think that's valid. Yeah. We see footage of Mary Jane being led out of prison to trial in shackles. And no wig. Bowl cut. Yeah, exactly. But you also see why the other wig is placed on top of her head because she has a ton of hair that's hers. And it's just thick and in a bowl. And I'm like, your hair's too thick to wear a short curly wig on top of a thick bowl cut. You can't do it. So should we be blaming that nice hairdresser lady for, or you can't talk Mary Jane out of what she wants to do with her hair? Like, she knows what she wants to do. Do you think Mary Jane even lets her talk? I think Mary Jane comes in with, like, a list of bullet points of things she wants to talk about and just yes. prattles them off. It's her only chance to talk. And she goes once a week, and she tips $3. Pair, yeah, just horribly. Mm-mm. No. If I were that hairdresser, I would fake my own death because that's the only way you're getting out of Mary Jane. She will show up and be like, put me on the list. Why aren't I on her schedule? So she's in shackles. She's given life in prison. The disappearance of Mary Jane's father is still unsolved, we learn. Is is he in their house? In the house? I don't know. Is he underneath the house? Has anybody checked on what's the brother's name? Todd? Speaking of Todd, our Patreon episode revolves around there's a Todd in it. Did you listen to the end? Yeah, I was kind of not. Exactly. My impression's not as good as I thought it was. It That's all not. I'll say. But it's okay because I have many things like that. We found yours. We we found it. That's the one. I like to imagine it being more dramatic than it actually is. I have no idea why that line stood out to you. When I heard it again, I was like, what? Oh, no, it's not. That should go to Todd. But it's not that. It's, oh, no, it's not. That should go to Todd. It's still delightful either way. It's a very normal sentence. I just make it. You make it extra good. And we're going to, from now on, pretend like it's said like that. So Rhonda's voice says at the end, I always knew that the Lord would protect me. But in the end, he called me home when Mary Jane Fonder betrayed me. Oh, betrayed. Boom. End of episode. So where are the hell's bells? We don't know. All civil bells, sweet civil bells. So keep going. All seem to say, throw cats away. Bing, bong, bing, bong. So how much of a terror do we think Mary Jane is in prison? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe without her wig, she's not as sassy. And she's like, she's Samson. And so she can't 
boss the other ladies around. She has people to talk to all day long. I bet she's in hog heaven. She corners people in the like in the line for their trays of food. And she just tells them everything about her day and they have nowhere else to go to get away. I bet she's friends with that one lady, the square dance killer who like ran to the front of the line, who I was so mad at. I may be so mad when she's like running up there, but I'm hurt when she went to court. I bet her and Mary Jane are best friends. I could see her being friends with the ladies who murdered the homeless men for the life insurance. No, they're too fancy. Remember, they're Beverly Hills ladies. They're not going to hang out with the likes of Mary, but Mary Jane's going to gossip about them and make up stuff. Oh, for sure. She thinks they're sinners. Yeah, she's a jealous person. She's not a sinner, though. She killed a devil, so it doesn't, that was a good thing to do. Oh, no, and I'm sure she's made up stuff to her cellmates about what an awful person Rhonda was, who literally, is this all spawning from birth control pills? Because that makes me want to throw things at the wall. That could have been just a director's choice. We don't know if that actually happened. From all accounts, Rhonda seemed really sweet and Mary Jane was just straight up jealous. 100%. If anyone from the podcast or anyone from prison is listening, write us, is Mary Jane the pod boss? Because don't follow her. She's lying to you. Yeah. Also, don't listen to her because she talks too much. She's the demon. Said from two girls who talk (laughs) for a living about nonsense like tuna casserole. Mary Jane, actually, I feel you on that. I just had a great idea. What if Hell's Bells was the name of one of those bell choirs, but they played like heavy metal? So they did Back in Black. They could be called Hell's Angels Bells. Oh, that's good. All with Z's? Sure. TM. Like ZZ Tough. And it's in like the Kiss font. Yeah. I like it. Total TM, K and K. I think there's a market for this. Marketing and Kimberly. Yeah, there's for sure a market for this. Okay. There's no market for this. Don't. There is. There's a market for everything. Have you seen some of the inventions out there? There's a guy who calls himself the pillow guy. There's a market for everything. You just have to make it happen. We can make bells cool again. I don't want to model myself after the pillow guy, though. I don't think so either. It's just that, like, he took something normal and made it his thing. That's true. We could take bells and make them our thing. That's true. Okay. All right. A goal for 2021 already. We've got a new goal. There we go. The year of the bell. That's sweet. That sounds has a wholesome ring to it. Yeah. A ring. That's a ring. To, a <laughs> ring. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. We got to log off because that's good. <laughs> right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Take care. Seems you hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how sweetly they sound. Da, da, da. Okay. He has a wall of tapes up. Who is it? It's really? I can't talk about it on the show. Anyways. I, I will take it out. Who is it? Do I know them? It's an older gentleman. I don't know how many older gentlemen you're hanging around with. So this is why it's surprising <laughs> to me. Many and old, okay. don't don't sigh and laugh like oh, you don't know my life. I am so <laughs> mad at you. This is like I've been doing yoga for years. I hang out with older gentlemen at the park sometimes. Excuse me. <laughs> but don't you feel like we need to hang out with a lot more women in their eighties? Because to them, we are 
hot, young babies, basically. So relieved you said women in their 80s because I was getting ready for you to say, hey, yeah, with more old men in parks. (laughs) No, and I'm not there anymore, so I can't protect you or check up on you. Oh, my Lord. Okay. 